Welcome back to uh, the Green Awning. We're here with uh, David, myself, and uh, we're going to continue our discussion with Chad Pitts from the Iowa Golf Association. Um, David, you were just talking about uh, conditions, you know, how some uh, some of the ladies that are here are the players that, uh, that have come in the past. Um, they might not be used to seeing Elmwood in this condition how it's playing firm fairways um it's hot it's dry mm -hmm. greens are firm they're fast you really gotta be careful uh especially when you hit shots around the around the the greens make sure if i'm hitting an approach shot i leave it in the appropriate spot yes. for instance number seven today what we're seeing Correct. right now yep. happen out there um so people don't see this a lot why is that? As far as far as like the the fast and the conditions like that that that. Furnace, uh, the, well, I think there's a lot of perception out there that you know golf course is supposed to be be green and you know lush and 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 all that. But I think there's been a lot of pushback. Well, I wouldn't say pushback, but um, as far as on our industry of uh, environmental challenges, you know, water consumption. Uh, a lot of people, not necessarily in Iowa, but around the nation are uh, just facing water constraints on in general. Um, so there's been a huge movement in the golf course industry in the last few years of actually, you know, trying to put out information of how we are a sustainable, uh, you know, uh, industry that we, we are, we're not harmful to the environment, that we're actually good stewards of the environment. Um, you know, so we've, we've done these tasks of, you know, we use X amount of water. And we're going to try to reduce it by this amount over the next few years. Um, you know, we are protecting water buffer zones by not applying as much fertilizer on the fairways. And we're not overwatering so stuff is saturated and, and leaches out into those waterways. So, um, but there still is that perception out there among golfers that everything needs to be, you know, the Augusta. The Augusta perception. Um, so, like we were talking, you know, a little bit earlier, with you know, it's a little bit browner in areas than you know, I would probably necessarily want it. But there are certain constraints that clubs have to deal with as far as manpower, irrigation um, systems, water use. Uh, for example, with you know, we run off of city water. Um, so in order to keep costs down, you know, I'm trying to be fiscally and responsible with the usage of that because I think that's a huge financial burden on the club. Um, so, you know, with, I just think it comes down to, you know, trying to set that, set that bar to where we've talked about it, you know, get down with the brown or <laughs> there's been articles in the USGA magazine that brown is the new green and, and all this stuff and trying to really change those attitudes and those mentalities. And then, um, you know, I just, I just think it's funner to be honest with you. You know, it, it, it changes the game. It allows, um, I think those with lesser abilities to be a little bit more creative or they're, you know, these, the, the bad shots that they have aren't quite as bad because they're still getting some rollout and they're, they're able to get closer to, to some green complexes. Um, 
and I still I still believe that golf is a, a, a visual visual creative game and that I you know how many times have we played where you know I'm putting from all over the place as opposed to hitting a wedge and sometimes I question your decision making <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's fun it's interesting you know you guys were out last night in the sand trap on 13. oh yeah yeah and we have a road hole per se yeah, yeah the grade, wall and, oh yeah um trying to plank it off the off the brick wall yeah. onto the green had a bad lie on 13 that was you got the lip the lip was here and my ball was here so i was like i'm just gonna on the podcast oh today. sorry <laughs> anyway it was here and there and then i, I hit it and here. yeah chunked it yeah anyway um I, you so know it's just fun to me you know watching guys do that uh watching those guys uh the, the video that was posted the other day on uh on Twitter of one of our members. Um, it's Todd the, Weaver. Todd Weaver. Yep. Putting up the bank on 16 and trying to play that pin position instead of going, you know, straight at it. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there are aspects of that that you can't do with a overwatered or, yeah. you know, a, a slower golf course per se. There's, so I think we talked about the uh, – we were driving around one day one day out here, and yeah. you said, uh, see where the cart traffic is, and you pointed out the brown lines. And I said, oh, I didn't I didn't know that that's what that was from. And now it was on number two. You could really see the brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we had some people comment that they were listening to the podcast, and they said, huh, I didn't realize that that was a, what that was. Yeah. So I'm going to bring up another thing that you okay. brought up to me two days ago. You were out watering on hole 17. You were, you were hooking up to one of the heads and doing a little hand watering. And I drove out to talk to you and you said, can you tell where water sits during the springtime? Yeah. And I said, no. And you, you pointed down to the valley of 17. You could see it was we were, the grass was struggling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell our listeners why that is. Well, basically, we got three holes um, that the fairways are less than desirable right now. Seven, 14, and then in those valley areas of of, uh, of 17. Um, as all the membership knows, seven is relatively flat, super flat. We got a lot of runoff coming off from the property. Um, and after a big heavy rain, that fairway stays saturated for from 150 yards to the creek. Saturated for what two, two or three days? Yeah. Uh, 14, same. We get a lot of runoff off the off the hillside there. Stays very saturated in certain areas. And then 17 is obviously a collection area of holes 11, 12, 17, whatever else. So in those periods of it was kind of one of those things where we talked about earlier this spring um, that, you know, I was, I've always been taught and told that, you know, in the springtime, you are trying to grow roots, not grass. You are trying to establish a, a uh, 
good quality stand of turf that can withstand. And that's why this period. That's why heavy rain springs are so difficult for golf courses because the roots don't have to look for the water. Correct. So then that hurts you this time of year when you don't have the natural yep. rains and things, right? Yep. So obviously, the, the the closer the water sits to the surface, the less roots have to move to go find the water. So in, you know, in the springtime when it's cooler temps, they have the energy and they have the ability to drive themselves to go searching for that water. Um, which is why most golf courses like to do springtime aerification or deep tines. So when you do get those springtime rains, the water isn't there. It doesn't have to try to travel through the soil. It's got direct lines to go to get down to where you want it to be. Makes sense. So when you get these areas that sit wet in the springtime, obviously they're, they're not going anywhere. The roots are still sitting there. And now you're seeing the results of that in this dry period because they don't have much room to shrivel up and so can you can you go in and like really airify those areas or is that going to make that much of a difference in the springtime anyway because you i mean because the water is going to move and sit there no matter what the biggest i mean the biggest thing that would help would be creating drainage channels to get the water away but yes um you know there's quite a few guys that will deep tie in their their fairways um you could localize those areas after a period of if you know your troubled areas Yep. You know, you're just going to prep those areas different than you would, you know, rest of the fairways if you have the time mm-hmm. and ability to try to promote, you know, better root growth in those in those spots to just keep them as dry as possible. So, yeah, that's interesting. I <clears throat> always knew that about the root. Thing, yeah. You know, that you're you're trying to get the roots to, to go searching for the water in the springtime, because when we get to July mm-hmm. and August, they've got you've got these big long roots so the grass handles that heat so much better and you're you're interesting out here we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday but um i don't know how many different varieties of turf you have in the fairways quite a few it goes, back, <laughs> it goes back decades i'm sure yeah um, yeah so you you get the joy of kind of managing that yeah, we call it the uh the heinz 57. <laughs> it's just a little bit of everything um and we do have a lot of poa um, the, the POA is, is, is stressing out, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we want to minimize as much loss of that as possible. So we still have some sort of playing surface. Um, the, the key or the trick is to get some new grass seed introduced into there so that it will. And a lot of it, when it just goes on. dormant, like it has, it's still fine to play off of. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's. It's when you get the bear. Yeah, when you get down to that's, the dirt. That's when it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, that's a little tougher to get a shot at it. So, yeah. you know, like really, like I said, you know, in the springtime, you know, you're trying to grow roots, not grass. Um, in the summer months, you're just trying to maintain. Keep it alive. Keep it alive, <laughs> what you have. And then in the fall time, that's when we actually, you know, Try to see how good we are with yeah. establishing everything, and then trying to set yourself up for winter time, and then start the whole process over again. So, from a fairway standpoint, mm-hmm. you know that I would say, considering everything, considering everything, I'm pretty pleased with really, them, really. good. Yeah, uh, considering the, the 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 battle we've had with moisture sitting yeah. in certain areas, um, our constant battle with Poana. Poe, how do I, you always make Poa. fun of me. Poa. Yeah. Okay. Poe. 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 Uh, our constant <laughs> battle with Poe. 
um, uh, our constant battle with our, did I say our irrigation system, mm. our dated irrigation system. Yeah. And then, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it, some people might like it, our constant battle with some areas that are over, you know, over treed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I was trying to look for, we had that, the Elmwood Greens posted that article uh, that I think everybody should read about. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's entitled, uh, it's titled The Undercover War That Swept the Game. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's on uh, the Elmwood Greens Twitter account. Look it up, read it. One of the comments that are in there, I don't have the quote, I was looking for it exactly, is a uh, famous architect was talking about how a tree, excuse me, how a tree affects a hole. Don't look up, look down. Okay. And uh, you can definitely see that in our turf quality of our fairways. Um, Some of the areas that have opened up are doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like four. Four and five are the two holes that I'm very, very pleased with. Yes. As, as, um, As sloped as they are and as wide as they are with the single row irrigation system, it's, those are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we have taken, oh, I don't know, 10, maybe out of that center, center area there. Um, so that has, that has worked out in our benefit very much. So it's a, and it's a dual edge benefit when you take a tree out, right, David, because one is the shade shade. Yeah. You, yep. you you lose the shade that you used to have, so now the grass is getting the sunlight that it wants, especially yep. in the mornings, right? Yep, and they're drying out, so there's yep. they're less wet constantly, yep. so less disease pressure. And the pressure. other one is the competition for the nutrients in the ground. And the water. Correct. Correct. So the trees will steal that from the grass, which Absolutely. is why it struggles so bad. And that's why places like Oakmont and and other, you know, Cedar Rapids Country Club yes. in our state that have benefited so much from the tree removal they've done. The turf just, it lights up. I feel like we talk about Cedar Rapids Country Club a lot on here, but I mean, that's because of my past experience there. But it is, um, it's amazing to me the amount of, um, you know, I I know Tom has probably changed a little bit of his practices, but, you know, over a period of time, but the amount of turf loss that we used to go through every single winter on those greens. Mm-hmm. And so Cedar Rapids Country Club greens are 100, 100 and some years old now, yeah. other than four or five of them, might be six of them now. We, we did uh, six and uh, 16 and, and 15. Or, those or are the most 18, of, I don't know if they did the turf, but they Just the extension, yeah. Yep. But I mean, the majority of that green is still original, you know, mm-hmm. for however years ago. And it's it's Poa and it's it's a you know a bent grass and Poa yeah. and everything else and everything else. But we we would constantly battle turf loss every single winter from overshading and you know uh, the competition with the roots and yeah. moisture and, and whatever else. And um, I mean, the last few times I've been over there, the greens are. Just a fantastic three, for example. Three was completely yeah. surrounded. Yep. Uh, one, two, four. I mean, well, you name it. All of them. They, they cut down quite a few trees, but no, they're in, they're in a good place and they're they're doing really good stuff over there. And I think the 
the stuff you guys have done out here, both from the health quality of your fairway turf, but also it has nothing to do with the turf, but when you start opening up sight lines and you can stand on a tee box and look across and see something that you never saw before, you know, looking across the property. Yeah. Usually ends up being a very, very good thing in my opinion. Well, watching the golf today, uh, there was quite a few people collected behind the five green mm -hmm. and uh, we do have a gazebo up there, but um, I mean, we could have sat there. I could have sat there for a couple hours and watched people hit into and put out on three, watch five, look down on six, and then you get 10 and possibly yeah, one to 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, those, those options weren't, weren't necessarily available beforehand. So I think it, I mean, I think it would be, a, it's going to be a good little spectator, mm -hmm. little more and more the things that I club, the things that I come to my mind when I'm out there is when I'm standing on a tee box, what is in my way from seeing, you know, not seeing here, but there's a tree if I'm standing on Champ T on six that blocks my view down straight down 11 fairway. Yeah. Now the tree, oh, yeah. the tree doesn't mean anything from the standpoint. It's an ash tree, by the way. Um, but if it if it were not there, all of a sudden, I'd have a, I have a really play. long view of up ten. I can see what's going on. I can say, oh, there, yeah. That's a great tee shot. Oh, looks like they. That's Zosky's group yeah, on eleven. Looks like they Going hit it out, out of bounds there. <laughs> uh, one thing that I'll say, you know, we do bring up CR. We do. Love that place. Get to go play it on Sunday morning uh, in a match against against a legend, Brad Clark. I don't know. Oh, Beaver Hills. Beaver Hills played at, at Clemson. Clemson. It yeah. might even be an ACC champ. Is that? I'm not sure. About that. I'm gonna. I can't wait to I talk know to we him. Played at Clemson, though. but. Uh, I'm really excited to go see that, but uh, reigning Iowa Open champion Matthew Walker mm -hmm. um, is caddying today. Yep. Um, and I spoke with them underneath the registration tent, gave his caddy bib. bib, and kind of told him what he's like. I haven't been out here forever, blah blah blah. And I said, "Boy, I can't wait to see what you think." We get to hole 13, and he's he's not carrying the bag; he's driving the cart, of course. Uh, <laughs> And he goes, well, man, I tell you what, this is great. He's like, I tell you what, these greens, these new greens, I see a lot of CRCC in these new greens. I'm like, I said, I knew I was kind of in my mind. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's what we like to hear. But uh, really just a, a lot of positive feedback. I, I can't wait to, to talk to um, some of the Iowa State girls a little bit more about what they're, you know, they're, they're basically, we got to, Cardinal and gold leaderboard right now. Yeah. Um, for those Hawkeye fans. The Hawkeyes are getting are up there. Uh, the yeah, she's she's playing pretty well, but things are tightening up here. I I, I can't even Ooh. begin to tell you what's going on. Two uh, lady race really now. Yeah, yeah. Plus six, plus six, and then we got a group at plus ten. Just to give everybody an update, Amber is sitting T uh, twelve right now, so she's doing a fantastic job. Sneaking to the top. Uh, Carly Kerrigan is playing a round of golf today. Uh, even par through 14 after she struggled yesterday. But anyway. So Carly's our intern. Yeah. She, this she, year. Even and, par today is impressive. She made the comment to Nate yesterday, maybe I can backdoor top 10 after she struggled a little bit yesterday. But is it true, too, that I heard – I thought I heard overheard her talking like she hadn't played in 
a long period of time? Or something? She took a lot of time off or something? Well, she just played the match play last week. Okay. But prior to that, it might have been quite a while before yeah. she really played. Yeah, because Grandview, she was a senior at Grandview this year, and their whole season, Correct. spring That's season, what got, they were talking about. Yep, yeah. got axed uh, along with every other college team's. So I don't think she really was playing all that much or practicing all that much until maybe the last few weeks. I'd love to we had her pick up your bag one day and just be nice. Yeah, I'm just gonna go Even part today, the way things are going, that's a phenomenal round of golf. Yeah. I mean, she could end up, she could end up being maybe four, five down heading into tomorrow, well, and anything can happen then. Yeah, that was what I told Nate McCoy. I said. If she she's gonna she's gonna backdoor a top five or a top three if she keeps playing like this. Yeah, I. Uh, but but to get, I, I just want to hear their feedback. You know, mm-hmm. talk to them about about what they think of the the little course. Heard some heard some uh, a gentleman yesterday as he came into the pro shop and like they often do when they're out to watch their their kids perform. Hey, can I get a scorecard? And we say, sure, right here. Here you go. And uh, oh. 5,500 yards? These girls are going to eat this place alive. Uh, they're used to playing at 6,300 yards. And I think David in the pro shop said, well, this will be the longest 5,500 yards they're ever going to play. <laughs> and then the gentleman walked out. And No, it, it just, it just kind of, you know, obviously we don't want them to struggle. We don't want them. But we want to – I'm I'm proud that we're providing a, a pretty fair test. That's what it's about, I think. Test. Yeah. Providing it's a championship, right? Giving them pretty it, fair. It tests. actually has a championship look, don't you think? <laughs> Chad, come on. I do. I, I think, and David kind of said this earlier. I think it's, um, you know, normally with the with the weather the way it's been and the fact that we've had zero rain really. I mean, mm-hmm. when is the last measurable oh. rain that you had here? You know? Probably when we had the thirty six hole classic. Yeah. <laughs> And it dumped on us yeah, like that's the, four that's inches. Always, that's been the problem this year. We'll get four inches in a, So then it all runs in off. In 24, yeah. So it's right. there. It's everything's soaked and right. it's gone. But it, you know, in, in, so it's, it's, I think you said this, it's maybe a little more firm than you would have it if you could have it exactly how you wanted mm-hmm. it. But, but it's still, I think it's still very fair. I think you um, underestimate it's, the amount of firmness that it's he difficult. likes. <laughs> the classic, now yeah. look out. It's difficult for sure. But, but, you know, we watched. We watched seven a lot today, and just those bunkers got a lot of action. And that, the whole location was it was fine to putt to, but it was just hard to get the ball. So uh, I said, you I know, think within the fifteen foot circle that you needed to, to have an easier putt. Now that we're talking about hole seven, the IGA. Oh, the Twitter competition. Best holes. Best eighteen so holes in let the me, state. Let me just <laughs> tell you what that was. It wasn't best it, holes in the state, although many golfers assumed that's what it was. We just said, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to put it out on Twitter, and whoever replies with whatever hole the most, we pick those, and we put it up for vote, and it's Iowa's favorite. Uh, Iowa's favorite. Okay. It's not best. So how yeah. many different Twitter handles does Greg Dingle have at Finger? <laughs> <laughs> he must have been like, Finger uh, number five, Finger number three, all of them, just every hole. Twitter probably gained a lot of users <laughs> that, during that. It was, it was fun to watch. And uh, and then, well, and then we, we did kind of make, we you know, we did it for fun. Yeah. And we didn't really have rules going into it, but Clint the, Brown, who manages our Twitter and stuff, we talked after really after a few holes kind of went through the process and we said, all right, we can't have the same courses every single time. <laughs> so, so let's, 
let's do one more harvester or let's do one more CRCC or Davenport yeah. or whatever. Uh, and then we quit putting those into the polls so that we what, were able, we did kind of control I that. I think it was very, well. I, that was very good sentiment to state. <laughs> Favorites, yes. not best. Yes. Uh, I'm still going to go with the best holes because. I think that would be a different conversation. Well, what best opening hole, what was it? Did Wakanda win? I don't know. For favorite? I'd have to go back and look, too. Had to CRCC. It has to be hole number one of Cedar Rapids. Actually, that, that might, is the that best was, opening hole. It was, it was either Wakanda or Cedar Rapids. I will tell you what right now, and you heard it here from me. The best, I don't care what course you can talk, the best 12th hole in the state of Iowa is right here at Elmwood Country Club. <laughs> That little par three. Oh, it is. He is it obsessed is with it. The best hole we we've seen it's kind this of week. A cool little hole. Men's league last night. I made a six. What's the yardage? What was it last night? One hundred and one nine or something. No, it was it was less than that because it was ninety nine. Ninety nine. Ninety nine yards. The hole was front right. Yeah. Yes. We played, we and I said, you know what? I'm gonna hit my sixty degree right up there and. Zipped it down to the valley. Yeah, at the time we were, we, we were just we were not a good press. team. For the listeners, know David and I are on a men's league team, and we finished dead last in the league <laughs> first session. Um, but we're equal opportunity from the standpoint of we're going to play everybody, and everybody's going to get the chance to beat us. Yeah. So, but yeah, six. We've seen eights this this week. Mm-hmm. It's just Birdies. it's it's legit like. The postage stamp. I that. love it. So, and I'm not saying the 12th hole here would be one of these, but we we threw out the idea maybe next, you know, winter, or spring, or whatever before the season kind of kicks off about doing Iowa's most unique 18 holes, you know, Ooh. and you can take that to mean however you want. Um, we thought about doing a nine hole, a run of nine holes, but you, it can only be from nine hole courses. Oh, nice. Uh, so might be kind of fun. Yeah. Best hole number three. You're going to do Albia. No. Best hole number three. Uh, hole number two at Albia is the hardest hole. Is that in America? When did they do what they called? They don't they call something the Amen Corner at that course? Uh, that the whole thing. It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, it's <laughs> got to be uh, six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, or six right. and seven. It's, I think it's later. In there. I went to Albia, played in the pro am first time this year, and I went down there and you know you go hit range balls. You go. Get, get a bucket of balls and you take them down to the pond edge and start slapping them into the pond. Uh, I found this beautiful piece of grass that I was going to hit off of. Like nobody has hit here. Put my bucket down, warming up. Then I hit my seven iron. Tree root. Just completely, <laughs> completely bent my seven iron. Like, okay. That's why nobody's, I'm like, that's why nobody's hitting here because there's roots all over the place. So I ended up, I went out and I shot a 67 in the first round and I was like, I'm a good player. I'm a, I'm a good player, right? <laughs> here, I, here I go. And then the next round, I struggled so bad on that little golf course. Shot an <laughs> 80. Two-round pro-am. Two-round pro-am. Shot an 80. Limped it home. <laughs> trunk slammer. Actually, I, I, now, I played. Is that because the pressure got to you? Or did you feel no, like- I think it was I hit it. On that little golf course, man, those I hit it's the wrong side of every single pin that you could ever be on. Yeah, and it edge, was brutal. But number two, if you have not played Albia, it so is you're worth going. Two would be the winner of 
the oh. hardest the hardest hole in the state of Iowa. <laughs> I'm not lying. So I'll, I'll tell you guys a story, and I can't remember the hole, but I was doing a course reading years ago that was the nine hole course in Winterset, Iowa. Anyway, when you're when you do course ratings, it's it's typically a pretty objective process. Like you just measure stuff and however long the hole is or how big the green is or how far is it from, you know, the middle of a landing zone to out of bounds or a penalty area now, um, you know, and you just measure all this stuff and you go into this book and it tells you, OK, if it's this far, it ranks between zero to ten in difficulty. Um, and so. There's this hole at the nine holer at Winterset that was an uphill par three and it was super long, like a 250 yard par three from the oh back tee. You couldn't even see the flagstick because it was so <laughs> uphill. The flagstick was entirely blind and there was trees in the way and the green is tiny. And I'm like, I've never had, there's a, there's a rating that you do called green target. I don't think I've ever had a 10 green target, but this one was a 10. Like it's the hardest green in the world. Oh have. man. Cause you can't, you can't see where you're going and the green's small and it's like 250 yards away. Wow. I guess I'll just hit it up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I want to, I want to keep going. We're going to come back with part three here in a second. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this sit down. We're having talking golf course, talking championships all that stuff with uh with chad here from the iowa golf association um, we're going to take another brief two-minute break and we'll be back here with more of the green awning thanks for listening <laughs>